the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. My pod partner, Justin Ray, is on a well-deserved vacation. Nobody deserves a vacation like my man, Jay Ray. So he is gone filling in my friend, Amanda Rose. Let's get into a little bit of what we saw this past weekend before we get into this week's CJ Cup, which I think is pretty intriguing, a second straight week out in Vegas. But uh, the first week in Vegas on the PGA Tour, the Shriners Children's Open, Sung Im essentially runs away with this thing, wins by four, shoots 24 under. You've got to go low in the desert there, and he did exactly that. I think the only surprise when it comes to Sung Jae is the fact that he is so young. He is younger than Will Zalatoris. He is younger than young Scotty Scheffler. I mean, he is still a baby in this world of yeah. elite professional golfers, and the fact that he plays so well on a regular basis and plays so much on a regular basis is uh, really impressive so far with his young career. Last year, he kind of had like a standstill year. And then this past season, he's, he's just had, he's had a better year. He's starting to play more how we expected to see Sunjay play. This is going to set a good point for him going forward as, you know, important events come up um, the, in the next calendar year. And I wonder how much having a home, because they mentioned it during the Golf Channel broadcast over the weekend that uh, we've sort of joked about it over the last couple yeah. of years. Sunjay is sort of the the wandering nomad of the PGA tour. And he just goes wherever there's a tournament every week and he goes and plays golf. And so uh, he has moved into a home in Atlanta. I don't know if it's like a, a real home, like is, is <laughs> furniture and like, there's a mattress and imagine, a putting green. Look, I've got to imagine that even if it's just a place to go crash for a little bit in between events, it's nice. having a home base is yeah. going to give him some stability. It's going to give him some sense of, uh, rest and relaxation that I think he needs going forward. So I look, I don't care who you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how much you love your profession and love going out there every single week. At some point you, you need just a, a break to put your feet up and relax a little bit. And hopefully Sungjae now has that and he can afford, uh, look, if he doesn't like Atlanta, you can go buy some houses and some other cities <laughs> now too, because he is certainly getting paid out there. Okay. This one hurt a little bit. Uh, the open day Espana, we spoke about it. Last week on the podcast, uh, you and I were both in unison on the gimme last week saying that when the question was Rom or no Rom, the prohibitive favorite at the European tour event last week, we both said no Rom. And I, it was weird. John Rom was like eight under the first day, yeah. cruising on Friday. It's like, all right. He was at one point, he was better than even money. And yeah. then on Saturday, he just kind of lost it. And yeah. it was like, whoa, he just faded off the leaderboard. I remember on Saturday, I think it was that chip that he just needed to land at like half a yard a little bit farther. I guess it's back nine, late front nine, but he just needed to land a little bit farther and he stubbed it. And I think he made bogey and then he like bogeyed the next hole. And it's like for as talented as John Rahm is, little things can kind of derail his train every once in a while. Like obviously when won the U S open, that didn't happen, but like open day Espana, like I think it was, it probably at that point meant a lot to him and he kind of just unraveled and then he never came back. And then by, you know, Sunday it was, I'm literally looking at it going, where's John Rahm? I don't even see him on the leaderboard. So he just, things happen and he just kind of unravels. I don't know. So the reason why I called this the worst of the events this past week and no offense to the European tour or the players <laughs> who are competing in it, but 
being on the side of no Rom, I was on an Audrey Arno ticket this past weekend. I, I think he's the next very good Spanish player. I don't think he's the next great Spanish player. I mean, when you say no. great Spanish players, it's John Rom, it's Sergio Garcia, it's Jose Maria Olafable, it's Sevi Ballesteros. But I think he can be the very the next very good Spanish player. And by very good, Rafa Cabrera Bayo is sort of the comparison that I come up with. I think he can be a top 50 player in the world, a guy that plays the PGA Tour on a regular basis, a guy that can show up on a major championship leaderboard every so often. And so I bet Arno, and he happens to get beaten by the guy that I've compared him with in a playoff, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, who's had a really tough year and a half to yeah. two year stretch, comes back and wins. That It would have been a really nice start to the Sunday with a lot of football bets going on and other golf bets going on, Amanda. Mm-hmm. I lost that one and it never got any better. It was an <laughs> ugly Sunday for me. Yeah. And I, I actually, I'm going to disagree with you. I think Adri's a talented player, but I think he's going to be kind of like a Pablo Arthabal where he just, you know, he plays in a few majors. He has a couple good seasons, but he's mainly just a European tour guy. I think he's one of those guys that just has like a weird attitude and a weird outlook on things. And I don't know if he surrounds himself with the right people and there's just something about him. I don't know. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but okay. I think he's better than that. He's at a fork in the road. He, he needs to choose the right path. Good luck on your <laughs> mission, young Spaniard. All right, let's get to this week's CJ cup. Uh, There's some big names in this thing. 78 players in the field. They're playing the Summit Club, a 7,431-yard par 72. As we've seen, Amanda, over the last, oh, I'd say dozen years or so, anytime the PGA Tour goes to, whether it's a course sort of for a one-off or even just starting a tournament there, those who set up the golf course usually tend to err on the side of caution. I bring up Caves Valley. We saw the BMW championship there just a couple of months ago and everyone said, Oh my gosh, this scoring is ridiculous. 27 under was only enough to get you into a playoff. Patrick Cantley and Bryson DeChambeau, of course, went to an epic playoff there. And I don't think anyone's complaining about what the result was or, uh, or, or how it felt, but there are some really, really low numbers. And I think that we're about to see a tournament where, we're going to see some low numbers. Once again, 24 under is what it took to win at TPC Summerlin, which is on the usual schedule every single year last week. And I, I think it's going to have to be better than 24 under this week at a par 72 where you've got more birdie chances on those par fives. So uh, looking at the top of the board, Dustin Johnson is your favorite. The last time he was a favorite was the 3M Open just a few months ago, and he wound up missing the cut that week. Has not played very well this year as a tournament favorite. And it's been a little while since he's been the favorite at a bigger type of event with some other elite name players in it. Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, 12 to one right behind him. We all know how well Xander has played at these limited field events over the years. Colin Morikawa, who happens to call Summit Club his home golf course. Very Mm -hmm. interesting there. Along with Rory McIlroy, who's trying to bottle those emotions from the Ryder Cup. Uh, They are both 16 to one. Jordan Spieth, 20 to one. Louis Oosthuizen and Sam Burns coming off a few good weeks at 22 to one. Tony Finau at 25. Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry, Cameron Smith, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler all at 28. And Sung J M, who I, you're not going to believe me, Amanda, but he was, I had him earmarked for this event. He's 30 to one this week. Mm-hmm. He has the title sponsor, CJ, right there on his cap. It, it means a lot to him. It's a Korean based company. I, I was like, this is the one for Sungjae. And then he goes and does something <laughs> stupid like winning the week before. And now it feels too chalky to go with him again. Yeah, that's, that is some nerve. 
All right. So what do you like from this top tier? CJ Cup last year, I feel like had a little bit of a stronger field, even without Dustin Johnson, like Adam Scott. But, you know, obviously Colin Morikawa coming into this, he looks so good. 16 to one. I'm surprised he's not like 12 to one. I think I saw him a little lower on another book. So I think Mm -hmm. Colin Morikawa is actually kind of decent value, especially being that this is his home course. Sam Burns, people are still not paying attention to Sam Burns. Excellent. He won twice this season. And then it, but it's just, they're just not giving him any respect. I don't love Shane Lowry up there at 2,800. Cam Smith, I like at 2,800 mm-hmm. because you've got like these, I like these Australian guys playing these kind of deserty, windy courses, um, get a little bit of elevation there. Brooks kept all the way down at 2,800. That just feels weird. Like, you know, he was, he was the favorite last week and now he's all the way down there. So. It's a good point. Just, he, he was really up and down last week. Yeah. Like at, at points, it's like, ah, oh, here comes Brooks. Then I was like, whoa, where'd Brooks go? And it, it was really sort of all over the place. I This time of year, especially at an event like this, I am looking more so at who sort of hasn't gone through that revolving door of wins and title yeah. contentions yet. Like who's, who's sort of still waiting out their turn? Who's motivated to go out and get that W? I don't like betting on things that have never happened. If you go to the roulette table and you bet on 37, guess what? You're probably not winning. It's never happened before. <laughs> it's never going to happen. You're going to lose your money if you try to do that. Louis Oosthuizen has never won on U.S. soil. <laughs> He's a major champion. He has six <laughs> right. career runner-ups at major championships, including two this year. He's got three runner-up finishes this calendar year alone. He's eighth in the world. The guy is yeah. this good at some point. Even though I hate betting on things that haven't happened, even yeah. though he's playing in the U.S. where he's never won, I'm betting Louis Oosthuizen this week. He's my favorite outright play on the board. I just feel like on a week when a lot of guys are maybe going through the motions a little bit, maybe tired at the end of a long year, I feel like if he's not motivated to go win, then nobody is. <laughs> Got to be sitting there going, I, look, guys, just let me get one of these things. Yeah. Finished 14th last week, good ball striking numbers, uh, just across town in Vegas, and so. I would have liked a little bit not better number than 22 to one, but I still, yeah. again, I, I don't feel great about it, but I am chasing a guy who's chasing that elusive victory. And then you mentioned the other guy who's in this top tier that I like another guy who's sort of same type of deal. Cameron Smith hasn't won since the Sony open at the beginning of last year. He's got eight top 10 since then he's played some really good golf. This is a guy from, all accounts people I've spoken with that are sort of in camp Smith have told me like, he doesn't really have a, a low give a heck meter. If he's playing, he's given everything he's got. Yeah. I know he looks silly with a mullet and a mustache <laughs> and all this. Thing. He looks like a guy that's going out there to oh, Vegas. He's going to go party and hang out. No, he's, yeah. he's really, really sort of uh, how can I put it? Serious about his craft. If that's, you know, the, not to suggest that anybody else isn't, but I do believe that Cameron Smith is going out there with the best intentions to go peel off another W this week. So I I like him and uh, sticking with the Aussie theme as we move into this (laughs) mid tier, Mark Leishman is a guy who seems like he's set on proving something, if not to anybody else, at least to himself that coming off a sort of tepid season, I I think that he's, intent on playing some of his best golf a couple of top fives already in the early part of this season i like him as well he's opened up at sorry at 60 to one he's already drifted to 50 to one as we're taping yeah. this on monday afternoon uh what do you think moving forward into this mid-tier 
Yeah. Mark Leishman, that's another guy that it, early last spring, it really looked like he was going to contend. It may come, come the masters, come the U S open, all the big events. And he just kind of didn't. And that was a shame in the way to get the win with Kim Smith, who we were just talking about. So Kevin not in here, 55 to one. I don't hate that. Jason Kokrak, he was 90 to one last year when he won. Um, he's 50 to one this year. I don't think I would take him at that 50 to one number. Uh, Cameron Tringali, 60 to one. I still like him a lot. Max Homa, he's like an MGM sponsor or um, rep. Like he's, this is, you know, he's getting the nice living the life luxury this week. I expect to see him play really well. Moving into this (laughs) mid-tier, a couple other guys I like. Russell Henley, there's a very thin line between what Harris English has become and what Russell Henley is. And basically that line is Harris English closed on a few Sunday afternoons and Russell Henley didn't. Yeah, and I don't think they're year. that far removed from uh, Harris English became a top 10 player. Russell Henley's 56th. Harris English made the Ryder Cup team. Russell Henley wasn't even in that conversation. I don't think they are as disparate players as it might seem on the surface. And I do think that at some point, these things level out a little bit. I, I think Henley's due for some positive regression at some point. I, I like him. Joaquin Neiman's 55 to one. I think that's a really good number. I especially like him as a First round leader play. He's played really well in some first rounds uh, over the last nine or 10 starts that he's made. Aaron Wise, I still like in Vegas, 60 to one is not a great number on him. Taylor Gooch, I'm I'm all aboard the Taylor Gooch train. I I think the odds have drifted to the point where, oh, it's kind of tough to take him at 65 to one. Again, you're betting on a guy who's never done it before, but five to one for a top 10 for Taylor Gooch this week. He has improved in essentially every aspect of his game. Fourth and 11th in two starts so far this season. We've known for three or four years, Amanda, that he's a really good ball striker. What we're finding now is his strokes gained off the tee have been very good so far. Strokes gained around the green have been very, very good so far. If he putts just decent, he's going to have a really, really good week any week he tees it up. And I think he can do that this week. So uh, those are a couple more names I like. Harold Varner III, by the way, congratulations to HV3. Uh, new baby at home. Apparently he's still going to play this week. If you're into the nappy factor, there's that narrative. You want to take a walk down the strip. You want to take a walk down narrative street. Either way uh, you can get a Harold Varner, the third ticket this week. So uh, anybody else moving down that list that you like, Amanda? No, I mean, Patrick Reed's right below him, but he hasn't done much of anything. So let's uh, let's get down to the eight. 80 to ones and above. Cause that's the kind of thing where we're finding some okay value again. Yeah. Where, where do you see some value there? Yeah. I love, um, I like Maverick McNeely a lot. Um, well, I would like him a little bit better, uh, that little longer than 80 to one, but, uh, you know, he, he's a Vegas guy. He's played well on the West coast. I just, I think he's really close to having a breakthrough season, but the main guy that I'm really targeting in this range is Brian Harmon at a hundred to one. Like that is so disrespectful. He played so well last season. He's a guy that I like for our first round lead this week. He's someone that I think is going to play really well this week. And honestly, I would put money on that hundred to one because he's a PGA tour winner. Right. So we have, we know what we can get from him. And I just think his game is in such a good spot right now. That hundred to one is just insane value on Brian Harmon and first round leader would be good with him. And also Mackenzie Hughes, he's a little bit farther down there at 130 to one. I just like how he plays on the West coast. I like how he plays in Nevada. So I think his game is close to kind of like breaking through and actually playing well again, like he was last year, year and a half ago. 
couple things to follow up. Maverick McNeely plays his home golf at the Summit Club along with Colin Morikawa. Yep. So if anybody feels at home this week, uh, it's going to be one of those two guys. So that makes a lot of sense. Brian Harmon, I'm with I'm with you on that, but missed the cut last week. Didn't play badly. Look, it's pretty easy yeah. to miss the cut at the Shriners because uh, you can shoot 68-70 as he did last week and still not be around for the yeah, weekend. Yeah, it wasn't like he played poorly, you know? No, no, he didn't play badly. But I was I started to get on him a lot 24 hours in advance. I didn't write him up in the preview, but I mm-hmm. uh, started liking him on Wednesday, and then that just kind of went south in a hurry. Uh, one more name that I'll throw out there. Actually, two more names. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Vegas mm-hmm. has played really solid golf over his last 10 starts. He's got six top 20 finishes. And besides, come on, Vegas and Vegas. I mean, just think about how many bad puns I'll be able to put on my Twitter feed all week. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone will mute me and block me and all that stuff. And then if you really want to go after a big number, Keith Mitchell. Yeah. I get it. Hasn't played his best golf. I'm not going to bet him outright here, but 20 to one for a top 10 in a 78 man (laughs) field for Keith Mitchell. I like the math there. Uh, I don't know. Sounds pretty good to me. I get it. He's not exactly knocking down top tens every week, but 20 to one seems like a pretty good number. So in any case, those are some players we like. Let's get to our DFS lineup. We do it every week on the gimme. And we also do it here on the links and locks podcast. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of because God damn it. That's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. Amanda, as usual, I will let you have the floor. I mean, we're going to have to take some expensive guys at some point. We might as well take the best one. So we're going to go with Colin Morikawa at 10,800. He's a member here, Vegas guy. He loves this course. He's playing so well. I mean, he already has two majors in one calendar year. It's just insane how well he's been playing. So I absolutely love Colin Morikawa. So we're going to start off with a bang and go with the cow bear to start. I think that's a smart play. I, I like more cow as well. I'm going to go with another somewhat big price player who, again, I mentioned earlier is my favorite outright. And I, I just think he's primed for a really big week. Look, if you, if you look at the world's best players, the top 20 on the official world golf ranking right now have mm-hmm. all won in 2021, except for this guy. Louis Oosthuizen has to win at some point. I feel like this is a good spot for that to happen. At 9,300, I really like him on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to go 8,400 on Terrell Hatton. Now he played really well at this event last year. He did finish runner-up two weekends ago um, in Scotland at the uh, Alfred Dunhill. So I like Terrell Hatton a lot heading into this event, going from a Lynx golf course to a Vegas course to an elite field event. So uh, Terrell Hatton, 8,400 is my next pick. Okay. We're spending money at a quick pace right now. That's uh, 8,400 is not bad. 71.67 per man left. I'm going to go right on that average. Uh, Taylor Gooch, a guy I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Really good ball striker. We've always known he's a really good ball striker, but starting to put together other facets of his game, I think it's going to be a really big 21-22 season for him. I expect him to break into the top 50 on the world ranking. He's currently 63rd, uh, his highest ranking that he's ever had, and I, I think he's going to be a top 50 player at some point this season. I think he's got a good chance of winning on the PGA Tour at some point, and I think he's going to get into East Lake as one of the top 30 on the 
final FedEx Cup points list. So I am all in more long term on Taylor Gooch than anything, but I do like him short term this week as well, 7,200. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit cheaper and I'm going to go Brandon Grace, 6,500. He's 10th in strokes gained total in this coming into this event, 11th in putting, 9th in uh, strokes gained around the green, 7th in strokes gained short game. He's playing really well. I've always said what, where there's smoke, there's fire. So where there's one South African that's going to play well, there's going to be two. One of the game's better win players. And so if it does indeed start blowing in Vegas, that I, I don't know. Last week it was sort of at least Thursday and Friday in the afternoon. So like everyone got one round of blustery conditions. Yeah. But if it does blow this week, Brandon Grace is the guy that I do really like. All right, we've got 7,800 left to spend in this final spot. I'm taking a guy who's just criminally undervalued. And I'm going to save some money and leave 400 on the table, but Joaquin Neiman at 7,400. I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't understand. This guy's yeah. really, really good. Um, he's been playing well, didn't play great this past week, had two really solid rounds. I believe a 66, 67 at the Shriners and a couple uh, where he was right around the 71, 72 mark. But I do think that he's got all the talent in the world, played well in Vegas last year. And so I'm going to throw him on there. We've got, Taylor Gooch, Brandon Grace, Tyrrell Hatton, Colin Morikawa, Joaquin Neiman, Louis Oosthuizen, leaving 400 on the table. I think that's a pretty solid lineup, man. Yeah, I like that. I don't mind it. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Not really. I just I think it'll be an interesting year. It's a shame that it's not back at um, Shadow Creek. I mean, that, that was an incredible course. Getting to see it in person was amazing, but I think Summit's going to be another spectacular event I, i'm interested to see what it looks like again yeah. i i can't imagine that this one's going to look like a uh a u.s open light i yeah. I, I will say that this one's going to be uh, a lot of birdies being made so you're playing your dfs lineups or um you've got a guy that goes out and shoots 70 in the first round and he's in 44th place just patience with all this stuff because i think guys can go shoot 62 63 mm-hmm. in a hurry uh, without really much notice this week. So uh, Amanda, thanks so much for filling in. Justin Ray will be back next week. Thank you to everybody out there for listening to the Links and Locks podcast. As always, wherever you find your podcast, go download, subscribe, rate us. We always appreciate it. Good luck with your plays for this week's CJ Cup. Here's hoping you hit the green.